The very beginning of this course, we asked ourselves the question, who am I? I answered in my poem how I'm from a loving and warm home and a town full of unity and hurt. As I was thinking of who I was, it never once crossed my mind to talk about my cultural background or where my ancestors came from. As this project has forced me to dig deep into this question, I have realized a lot of my family doesn't know my origins either. I talked to my grandpa, my mom's dad, asking him if he knew anything about our past. He showed me his ancestry DNA results. I always knew I was Welsh from my dad's side of the family, but I found out my grandpa was too. He was also 41% Scottish and 40% English and Northwestern European. This was really cool and interesting to look at, but it didn't give me a deeper understanding of the background and hardships of our ancestors. I told my dad about this project, and he told me he knew a little bit about his parents' history. This was very exciting to me because he was the first family member who actually knew something about it. He talked with his sister, my aunt, and got a little bit more information. She couldn't make it onto this podcast, but my dad can, so I will now be introducing my dad, Scott Jenkins. Hi, Dad. Hey, honey. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's Friday. Yes, the best. <laughs> yes. Um, well, thank you first for coming and telling me a little bit about our family and the history. I, you know, I never really heard much growing up from either your side or mom's side, so I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, me too. I, I, it brought back a lot of good memories just um, reliving these, so it's fun, it's fun, going to be fun doing it. That's awesome. Yay. Okay, well, let's just start out. Can you just start out by telling me our family's historical roots? Sure. Um, I know mostly about my mom's side of the family. Um, my dad's side of the family was, um, it, it really consisted of my grandma Jenkins, my dad's mom. Um, my grandfather um, died um, of the effects of mustard gas after World War I. Oh, yeah. And um, Grandma Jenkins was really quiet into herself. And I found out as I grew up that she came from Germany as well, but she was Jewish. And um, whenever we talked about it, she seemed really sad. So as I got older and learned about the Holocaust, I just didn't push it. And my dad didn't want to talk about it, so we just we didn't talk about it. Now, on my mom's side, they were also from Germany, and I learned a lot just by, from my grandmother and stuff. And it, it sounds like um, after World War I, if, if you remember, Germany was devastated by the Treaty of Versailles. Um, Germany had to pay reparations, and the country was at an economic devastation. So a lot of people left the country, and my, um, my immediate relatives moved from Germany to North Dakota, where there was a large enclave of German-speaking farmers, and they had relatives out here. So they came, um, they came from Germany down to North Dakota, and they lived there. And then my grandparents were born later and grew up on the farm, but came to Seattle to work um, for Boeing for the war effort, World War II, and loved it out. I mean, who wouldn't love Seattle more than North Dakota? So they, they just ended up loving West Seattle and stayed out here for the rest of their lives. So. Um, my mom and her, um, her grandma, uh, my grandma and grandpa and uncles and aunts and all my grandma's relatives came and, and just, I got to know a lot about them from them. Okay. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. Um, so, okay. Backtracking a little. So they were German, came from Germany. Yep. 
what when they uh, did they speak German just for everything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, in fact, my grandma, my grandfather, not as much, but my grandmother really did. She, she spoke German to her brothers and sisters. And in fact, um, when we were younger, my mom had a serious medical condition. She had, she's in the hospital a lot. And so, Grandma Donna, yeah. She had one of the first um, arterial bypass surgeries in the area um, because she had an artery blockage and a kidney. It's it just a lot of stuff. So my dad had enough working full time with the three older kids. So my baby sister, Aunt Stacy, mm -hmm. who you know loves to talk, mm -hmm. Aunt Stacy stayed with Grandma, Grandma Siller for almost two years. And Aunt Stacy was her little cook helper because Grandma Siller loved to bake and cook. And after a while, Aunt Stacy spoke almost fluent German. I mean, she, she doesn't remember much of it, but she was a jabber mouth anyway. And then we'd come over to pick her up after school and stuff and her and Grandma Silla would be jabbering German back and forth. So awesome. they spoke very fluent German. Now, my, my mom didn't as much and she could understand that she was very American. So it, it kind of ended it, but yeah, the relatives when we get together, it was a lot of um, partying and stuff, and they would be speaking German back and forth. And so the German, kids, like, it stopped, the speaking German stopped at Grandma Donna? Yeah, they just, she didn't, she said she, too hard to learn. Just <laughs> too hard. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Grandma. And wait, sorry, Grandma Siller is her name? Grandma Siller was my mom's mother, yes. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Okay, just clarifying, making sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Next question for you. So you mentioned that obviously they came and they moved to North Dakota. Yeah. Um, when exactly did this happen? They moved after World War One. After World War One, they, they moved to North Dakota. And I, I, I put together bits and pieces from what they told me. But, you know, we hear a lot in history books and the movies about the, the Irish and Italian immigrants on the East Coast and Boston, New York. And they suffered a lot of repression just racially because... Um, people didn't want all these immigrants. And we've heard about the Japanese and how they were treated at the start of World War II, and it was horrible. We don't hear a lot about German immigrants after World War I and as we moved into World War II. And I heard, learned a lot from my grandmother what they, what they ran into when they came here. Um, a lot of um, very hostile reaction from local farmers in North Dakota. Um, you know, we live in a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant nation, a wasp nation. And so Catholics weren't really liked it to begin with. And the fact that they were German, and all we hear in America is how the Germans started World War I, people lost relatives. So they stayed in their own little enclave of their families. You know, they farmed, spoke German, and went to a Catholic church. And they were ostracized a lot. In fact, um, my grandpa talked a little bit about um, the fact that they came out to Seattle to work in the war, a lot maybe because of the repression they faced. There were issues with water rights because water in North Dakota, North Dakota farming is everything. And they faced, um, they couldn't buy um, supplies when they needed sometimes. They were boycotted with water rights. There was just a lot of anger that they faced as a result of the war. And um, when they started hearing about World War II coming up and the German aggression, people just renewed that hostility. So they figured coming out to Seattle might have given them a fresh start. That is crazy. I didn't. I never really even thought about that too, because Germans, after World War One, had a pretty bad reputation, obviously. And so I never yeah. thought about the um, 
like repercussions. Repercussions. Yes, repercussions. Yeah. Of just like citizens themselves. That's you know, I bring that up in high school as we talk about you know what the Japanese face and raise my hand and say what the Germans and the teachers would say. Oh yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't well known. I mean, people didn't talk about it, and I think even then people thought the Germans were evil. I mean, the Germans started. If you know the common uh, the common understanding is. The Germans started the two major world wars. There must be something wrong with them. And so people just didn't accept them. Yeah. You know, now in the 21st century, that's ancient history and no one cares. But in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, it was bad. So did that make it hard for them um, to find housing then when they came? Yeah, I heard stories about when they moved out here. My um, grandma and grandpa brought their um, four little girls out with them, and they thought it'd be different out here. But they found that they had a hard time finding housing. They, they spoke with very kind of thick German accents, as you see on the movies, you can understand, you know, you know, Heil Hitler sort of thing. I mean, they spoke with the, with the German accent. So there was um, an area, where I think you, you have been through it. When we get up the freeway on I-5, we go through Georgetown before we go up the big hill to Grandma Don and Grandpa Johnny's house. That area down there was called um, Georgetown. And that was, during the war, that was where people housed who were brought in to work for Boeing during World War II. And so Grandma Donna would tell me stories about the kids playing together and everything, but it was a lot of the German-speaking families together there. Germans and Prussians and Austrians. There was a lot of that East, the, you know, the European families that were Germanic speaking all kind of congregated there be, and they, they kept to themselves because they just felt they weren't welcome. So they, they faced repression in a lot of ways, especially housing. What, okay, wait, so when, you might've said it and I might've missed it, but sure. when did they move from, if you know, North Dakota to Seattle, like why did they move from there? I think it was nine, it was after the start of World War II, so it must have been um, 1942 or 43. Okay. Um, did they move for work? Or? Yeah, well they moved, they moved to work at Boeing. And, and so, because Boeing, at that time it's hard to believe, because you've driven by Boeing Field, right? Do you remember how big it looks and everything? Boeing was under, a, a, I think, like a, a six football field tarp. So from the air, it looked like it was a farm when you, when you flew over. And underneath that was the Boeing factory where they built B-17s and, B, and B-52s. But the B-17s were the huge bombers for the war. So Boeing built all those planes in camouflage. So if they were afraid that the Japanese would fly over, they couldn't find the Boeing factory to bomb it. That's and so crazy. my mom, Grandma Don would tell me stories about seeing her parents go to work and they would go under, the, I mean, everything was under this huge tent sort of thing. It was just, what she said was the most bizarre thing you'd ever see. That's insane. And that's also crazy. I didn't realize how long Boeing has been here either. Yeah, this, that's, that put Boeing on the map. I mean, it's too bad a war took it, but the B-17 bomber, I think my grandpa said, both grandma and grandpa worked, I mean, Boeing had a lot of women working because the men were in at the war. But grandma and grandpa were older, so they were brought in just to work in the factory. But 
So they worked in the factory during the day and the girls kind of, you know, the village raises the children. So people would, would watch each other's kids during the day and they went to a German school. Okay, oh wow. And then they eventually went to the Catholic school, St. George's in Georgetown. Okay. So, um, and that's, yeah, but they, they had a hard time finding housing. I could, I could see that, that's so crazy. And even after the war, when they moved into West Seattle, it was tougher, but it seemed like from what, from what my grandma said, after about 10 years, things just really settled down. I mean, people had forgotten, they wanted to forget about the war. That was the, that was the boom time in America. I mean, the war was over, the economy was great, everybody, things were going great. People really put the war behind them. The poor Japanese really suffered people's wrath. I mean, I think the Germans were forgotten and they were pretty happy about that. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna kind of switch it up a little bit. These are just a couple um, questions that sure. I thought were interesting. I'm not sure if you'll, if you, if you don't know the answers, totally fine. Okay. Um, but the first one I have for you is, do you know if, how like land or water rights, if that was ever, if that ever like affected our family or played a role in the privilege for colonization? Yeah, I mean, not, not in West Seattle because they, they just work in a real, you know, it, as, like yeah, but in North Dakota, I really think it did. I think I mentioned before, when they moved out here, I, I was asking them why, because my grandma would tell me what it was like in a farm, you know, getting up, fixing the breakfast, and then fixing lunch for the farmers, and the hands would all come in. So I, it sounded really cool to me. So I remember asking her, why did you guys ever move out here? And all she said was, it became impossible to farm. And I, and I remember asking my grandfather, what does she mean? And he said, we couldn't get what we needed to farm. And I asked him why, and, he's, and he just mentioned we couldn't get water anymore. We couldn't get the irrigation for our lands. It was diverted to the farmers who had been there for generations. We couldn't get supplies. They wouldn't sell it to us. Because as, as you, they started ramping up to the war, things were rationed. And when things are rationed, the city council in that, those areas would decide who got what. And it wasn't, didn't go to the immigrant German farmers. It went to the farmers who'd been there forever, the people who owned massive farms. The Germans only have these little family farms. So yeah, that, and, and so I think that was a big thing. Oh yeah, no, definitely it would be. Um, and then my last question, just to end kind of on a, Brighter note, you know, do you yep. have any fun stories like that you remember hearing about them or? Yes, yes. The, the best thing, like I said, my grandma loved cooking. Yeah. So the best things I can remember is, is when my grandma would cook and bake. And my favorite was when everybody served about German sausages and they're really great and everything. Yeah. My grandmother made German sausages from scratch. So she had the machines and the empty tubes and she would make, she had buckets of meat. And so we'd get to take the meat, put it in the things, they would grind it into the tubes, tie off the tubes and be hanging all around the house because you have to hang them and let them, let them dry out and everything. And it just, it was amazing. They were the best, but we used to decide it was the best thing in the world. We could stick our fingers in there. We'd try to eat it and we'd get in trouble because it's pork, it's not cooked. And my brother and I thought that was the best. So, and, but then she'd make strudel and that was, it was just amazing. So I equate, just amazing smells with my grandmother's house. And it was all German food and it was strudel and the Danish the Germans would bake and then German sausage and, and German meats and 
veal. She cooked veal. It was just amazing. Did any but, do you know? Did did any of your siblings um like carry on those traditions? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. Because no, because my mom never did. She um, because she was so sick, she never did cook. So and then she worked jobs. So yeah, no, it ended right there. That's crazy. That's awesome yeah. that you have that like memory though and it's like associated with the smells too yeah and and for christmas we'd go over there every day and i remember we'd go for christmas eve we got the open run present we'd all go to midnight mass go home then come back the next day and we get the open presents and it was always just that we got we had to choose what present to open on christmas eve so we, my grandmother was just silent so we peppered my grandfather because he couldn't keep a secret so if you say, Grandpa, Grandpa, which one should we open? He'd go, well, I don't know, boys, but if it was me, I'd open this one. Thank you, Grandpa. And he was just always playing with you. Just, he was a big teddy bear with a huge smile, and the aunts and uncles were over there. And I just, it was amazing. I remember that. That's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for answering all my questions. I think that's all I can think of right now. I'll probably have more for you later. <laughs> all right. No, it's fun. It was fun remembering all this stuff. Yeah, no, it's really awesome learning about it. And like one thing that I've found um, with this project, what's shown me is just how powerful this information can be to have and to like the knowledge, learn it. So sure. thank you so much. I appreciate you talking about it, coming on, helping me out. You're welcome, sweetie. Alrighty, have a great rest of your day. You too, sweetie. Bye. Bye. After talking to my dad and learning so much about the history and background of my family, I looked more into the devastation and toll that German immigrants faced after World War I when coming to the United States. According to History.com's story, when German immigrants were America's undesirables, by Becky Little, States banned German language schools and removed German books from libraries. Some German Americans were interned, and one German American man, who was also targeted for being a socialist, was killed by a mob. Little also talked about how Germans would change their names to more English-sounding names and would only speak German in private settings. It's crazy to me that this really happened to them, but it's even crazier that this has happening to my family, like my ancestors, my history. Overall, I'm really surprised with the information I learned and gathered from different family members. I had absolutely no idea about my dad's side of the family and just what they faced when they came here. I'm very interested to learn more about it and dig even deeper into my history now. Thank you.